0: This morning, a beautiful, beautiful little song. My life is in you, Lord.
1: Good morning and welcome to Cypress Street worship this morning. I'd like to thank each one for coming and being a part of us this morning. It's May the 21st 2023. The day in our history that we are here and you are a child of God. Psalms 118:24 This is the day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it The beauty of the day is not the new but it, that it is being made new in us The glory of the day is not that it marks a change but it is a change in us Let us have a word of prayer Thank you, dear Father, for blessing us and giving us strength to do our daily tasks. We're thankful for touching and healing and for being a part of our life. Thank you for blessing us this morning as we come to worship you, be a part of our singing and our worship uh, service this morning. Thank you so much for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for each one that's here, a visitor, a home person, we thank you each one for being here and I want to thank you for your giving to the church and to to God that makes all this possible to set in a cool sanctuary to uh, enjoy it. On Wednesday, the 24th, uh, midweek services for Brother Dan, The children at 6:32, uh, children and youth meeting upstairs on May the 29th. Be serving lunch at Grace Place, uh, needing donations of oatmeal cream cookies. And on uh, May the 31st, ice cream social here at the church. Come and bring your appetite. Let's join in uh, singing and praising God.
0: Won't you stand with us this morning as we sing this beautiful hymn when my king shall call for me. classes now. if we just simply meditate this morning before we go into prayer and do as this song says, grow closer.
1: at this time of prayer as we voice our prayer concerns of Cindy Adams, Donna Vickery, Blanche Harris, Vera Eady, our children and youth, our missionaries, Bryce Lovelady, those that are traveling, those that are sick, and uh, Mary Lee Wright and uh, uh, Marlon Mitchell, as yes, remember him, is having trouble with his back and a special prayer for him. This morning we're going to do something a little different than we're going to uh, ask uh, Shirley to come forward and uh, want her to be anointed on behalf of Amanda. She's got the shingles and she uh, wants the church uh, to pray over her. And uh, If you'd like to be anointed or if you'd like to Pray, let's come forward.
2: Uh, thank you. The scripture says uh, in James to uh, any among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church to come together and pray for one another that you may be healed. And it's our faith. It's not anything in this oil, but it's our by our faith that is extended through this oil from God himself. And we're going to pray for uh, uh, Marlon. And we're gonna pray for Amanda, who has a shingle. So, I'm gonna anoint both of you in the name of Jesus. And then uh, I'm gonna, Lynn. I'm gonna have you pray for Amanda, and I'm gonna pray for Marlon. Okay? We're gonna anoint you both in the name of Jesus on behalf of Marlon this morning, and on behalf of Amanda. Go ahead, Lynn.
1: Father, we are most humbled by the fact that we know that when we come in faith, you are hearing and you are working on um, the behalf of our loved ones. Today, Shirley's faith and Amanda's faith will be rewarded. We know that you're going to be working on their behalf. Lord, we ask that the healing power of Jesus Christ, by his stripes, we are healed. So we pray that today, Amanda will begin to get some relief and soon these shingles will have left her body. And um, she will be well and able to do those things that that she has planned and that you have planned for her. Lord, we want to thank you and just praise your name for what you're doing as we speak. In your name we pray.
2: And on behalf of uh, Marlon, we lift him up in prayer this morning. It's it's not Lord, just his back, but it's other needs in his life, Lord, that he has requested prayer for. And Lord, he trusts the Word of God. And for what it says, his faith has healed him, Father, in the name of Jesus. in the name of Jesus, we lift him up, Lord, that you just wrap your arms of love around him today. And Lord, he would sense your touch, sense your strength, not only physically, but spiritually and emotionally and and mentally, every which way, Father, we just lift him up in prayer. We thank you, Lord, for the prayer of righteous people that you said in the scripture and it avails much. And so this morning we are just uh, thanking you Lord for the work that you are doing and the work that you continue to do in Jesus name. Amen. 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 God bless you.
0: Won't you stand with us as we sing our final song. Jesus is coming again. Praise the Lord. Again. You may be seated. thank you.
2: this morning there was a young man many years ago before he was a christian that related the following story he was hitchhiking across the great united states and one evening around dusk it looked like the bottom was going to pour out of the clouds. He was hoping a car would uh, pull over before the showers began to fall. Sure enough, there was a car that swerved over his way to the side of the road and his door flew open. I'm not getting it. It says I'm on. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thank you.
2: The car swerves over to the side of the road and the door flies open. And the ba- the driver says to the hitchhiker, he said, just hop in. Now, we don't do that a whole lot these days because for different reasons. But the young man hopped in, slammed the door and they took off just as the rain started to fall. Now, although the daylight was Rapidly fading. The young man sitting now in the uh, co-pilot seat of the car could just make out the words as he noticed on a small poster that had been stuck on the dashboard of the car. Warning. In the event of Christ's return, this driver will disappear. And the car will self-destruct. Then in bold red letters, there were four final words that read, you better get ready. As he related this story, he expressed his feelings. He said, first of all, it was kind of spooky. I, I didn't know whether to write my will, to pray, or to jump. So he did two things. I kept my door unlocked, as if that was going to help. And then I engaged the driver in nonstop conversation. I figured he wouldn't suddenly, suddenly disappear if we kept on talking together. You see, he went on to explain the driver of this car considered Christ's coming a comfort to him. The writer viewed it as a spooky and fearful situation. You know, it's amazing how superstitious people can be about future things. It's amazing what decisions will just somehow work out, we think, if we stay close to the right people. There was a lady that... uh, wanted to marry four husbands. Four different men in her lifetime. She said one would help her with the four things. Each one would help her with the four things that she needed most in life. First, she would marry a banker. Second, she would marry a movie star. Third, she would marry a clergyman. And fourth, finally, a funeral director. Now when asked why, she answered, one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready and four to go. We're gonna be talking this morning about the last promise that Jesus gave us. The last promise that Jesus gave us. When I was a kid, we sang a little song that said, "Every promise in the book is mine, every chapter, every verse, every line, I am trusting in His word. I am safe and secure. Every promise in the book is mine." Anybody know that one? I'm a Yankee. I'm sorry. How many promises of God are there in the Bible? Has someone ever broken a promise to you? And how did you feel? Or have you broken a promise to someone else? The scripture, in the scripture, there are between 5,000 and 8,000 promises that we can count. That's in the scripture. Solomon says, Not one word has failed of all the good promises he has given. Can you you attest to that? John Bunyan wrote this. The pathway of life is strewn so thickly with the promises of God that it is impossible to take one step without treading upon any of them. You know, God fulfills his promises. He fulfills his promises in his time. We know that his promises are unfailing. We know that Peter describes God's promises as precious and magnificent. He also says, yes, I am coming again. There are... uh, I was looking up this week some promises that we all know and rely upon each day. For instance, the one that we hold on so dear. I am with you always to the very end of the age. Y'all like that one? It's another promise that says in Jeremiah, I, ha- I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Thoughts, uh, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. There's Another promise in the New Testament says, therefore thou, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. What a great promise to us that God does not condemn us. He's for us, not against us. The promise says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Then there's a the one that says in Exodus, God told Moses, The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Now that speaks to me sometimes. I like to be doing things. He says, Be still. Scripture in Psalms says, Give thanks to God for his love endures forever. What a great promise. And then the last one I share with you is, is I will give you rest. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. What a great promise that we rest in him. We rest in the creator, the one that has created everything. And we rest in him because we know when we're in him, everything's going to just be all right. Somebody say amen or oh me. Amen. Thanks. I want to know if you's with me. You know, today as we look around our, uh, our, our culture and our society, we see a lot of unpleasant things. We see wars and rumors of wars. Oh, why can't we just have peace? We see immorality, violence. Did God intend this when he created mankind? Our money is being devalued and debased. Our educational systems are hijacked by atheists and humanists. Our political systems are gridlocked. And all of nature seems to be reeling out of control. Our churches are being destroyed by what we call apostasy. That means a falling away from God. True Christianity is under attack from all sides and Christians are being marginalized as, as intolerant bigots. There is a general turning away from God in our society today. Have you noticed lately? I hope that you have. Jesus told his disciples, look up, And be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. There's a song that some of you can relate with. I don't know how many of you can relate, but it was a song written in 1969 by a one-time band that rose to the number one billboards. And it says this, about the future in the year 2525 if man is still alive if woman can survive they may find in the year 3535 ain't gonna need to tell the truth tell no lies everything you think do and say is in the pill that you took today and in the year forty-five, forty-five, ain't going to need no teeth. Some of you don't need it now. <laughs> you won't need your eyes. You won't find a thing to chew. Nobody's going to look at you. And in the year fifty-five, fifty-five, 55, your arms are hanging limp at your sides. Your legs got nothing to do. Some machine's doing that for you. You heard about that? How... Machinery is taking over and computers are taking over for us. And the writer of this song, as he looks to the future, he said, down the road, he said, man's gonna be extinct. We won't need him anymore. We got everything else. We've already created everything else. Well, this morning I want to talk about the last promise of Jesus. Considering all of this that I have just shared, one last promise. And I take you to Acts chapter 1. If I can find my right notes that I have not put upside down. Chapter 1 of Acts, verses 9 through 11. And then later on, we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians. Jesus has gathered his disciples on the Mount of Olives. He has been on earth after his resurrection for 40 days. He's been telling his disciples that he's going to be leaving them. In fact, at one point, his disciples questioned him, And what are we going to do without you? And Jesus said, It is imperative that I leave so that I can send the Holy Spirit to you. Jesus has promised that he's going to be leaving and he's going to be ascending into heaven. He's meeting with his disciples, giving them last minute instructions. In verse 9, we pick up. After he had said these things, Jesus was lifted up while they were looking on. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. And they said, men of Galilee, Cypress Street, why do you stand looking into the sky? You ever imagine sometimes we are guilty of looking at the sky We forgot that we're here to be workmen for the Lord. Instead, we're just sitting by, looking to the sky, hoping it all come together. This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. This same Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you watched them go into heaven. Today is the only bright spot on the horizon of this world. It's the promise of Jesus coming again. We can't go on much longer morally. We can't go on much longer scientifically. The technology that was supposed to save us is ready to destroy us. Have you heard of the EI yet? Emotional intelligence. It's a new study and uh, the more you learn about it, it kind of scares us sometimes. I don't know everything about it, but I'm reading about it. But it's technology that's supposed to assume Uh, from the human perspective, everything that man needs to, or that things need to continue to continue. New weapons are being made all the time, including chemical and biological weapons. But Jesus promised that he's coming back before all this can take place. And he says that we're to comfort each other with these words. We're not to wait in terror, Because as believers, we have a hope of the coming again of Christ. This week is 40, I think it's 43rd day since the resurrection of Jesus from Easter. That's when Ascension Day is. I think it was celebrated this last Thursday. 40 days after Jesus resurrected was his Ascension Day. It's been 2,000 years since then. But why hasn't Jesus returned? And this was something the disciples asked Jesus also. He says, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put into his own authority. Of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. It's important that we don't guess or speculate because we don't know. And there are many people out there that they've got it all figured out. Jesus said he didn't even know when he was coming back. It's important that we look to him. Regardless, the end of the world is coming for you and me. And that could be any time for us. For we never know. What have we done to prepare for that moment when our heart stops beating? And how will Christ come? The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So I read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I'M READING THIS FROM THE MESSAGE VERSION OF THE BIBLE. IT SAYS, VERSE 13, REGARDING THIS QUESTION, PAUL SAYS, ABOUT THE COMING OF CHRIST, REGARDING THIS QUESTION, FRIENDS, THAT HAS COME UP ABOUT WHAT HAPPENS TO THOSE ALREADY DEAD AND BURIED, WE DON'T WANT YOU TO WAIT IN DARK ANY LONGER. FIRST OFF, you must not carry on over them like people who had nothing to look forward to, as if the grave were the last word. Since Jesus died and broke loose from the grave, God will most certainly bring back to life those who died in Jesus. And then, this we can tell you with complete confidence. We have the master's word, his promise on it, that when the master comes again to get us, those of us who are still alive will not get a jump on the dead and leave them behind. In actual fact, Paul says, they'll be ahead of us. The master himself will give the command and the archangel thunder, God's trumpet blast. And he'll come down from heaven and the dead in Christ will rise. They'll go first. Then the rest of us who are still alive at the time will be caught up with him into the clouds to meet the master. Oh, the scripture goes on. We'll be walking on air. And then there will be one huge family reunion with the master. So assure one another with these words. So the last promise that Jesus left his disciples while he was still on earth and simply rising up into the heavens was this, I'm coming again, I'm coming again. Let me give you a few ideas from this scripture in Thessalonians. First of all, to remember the promise of God Remember that we are people of hope. Hope, H-O-P-E. I know that word gets overused today. But we are people of hope because we know who holds the future. God holds the future. We are not to grieve those without hope, those that have died. We are not to be a people of fear, not to be a pessimistic people, But remember that Christ is the final victory. When he died and he rose again, he conquered death. Can't he also conquer time? Verse 16 says, the next thing it says, the archangels will blow the trumpet of God. The archangel will blow the trumpet of God. Verse 16, I had a brother that played the cornet Actually, Nathaniel played the cornet, but I had a brother that played the trumpet, and he he had no respect for anybody else in the house, especially when they were sleeping. He always chose the times that was the worst for anybody to go practice his horn, and he would blow that thing, and my mother would say, oh, it's all right. That's a talent the Lord's developing in him. Let him play, and it would just irritate us all, and... We started calling my brother Phil. We start calling him, oh, toots at it again. The scripture says, when Christ comes again, the archangel will blow the trumpet of God. The trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised and we shall be changed. First Corinthians 15 says, Jesus will not Slide in and slide out, but everyone's gonna see Christ when he returns. He's coming in the clouds, and every eye will see him. Are we looking for him? The third thing I pull in this scripture this morning from verse 16 is this The dead in Christ will rise first. I get asked this a lot of times at funerals. What about the dead in Christ? How is that all going to take place? How does that fit into the gospel? And simply this scripture says, those that are asleep in the Lord, they're going to go first. Now that doesn't seem fair, does it? We want to be first, don't we? But you know what? When Christ comes again, it's really not going to matter. Because we're all going to get to see our Savior. Verse 16 says that Christ will descend with a shout. A shout. With the voice of the archangel. I often think of this scripture where Jesus was uh, calling Lazarus out of the tomb. Maybe I've used this before here. I don't know. But when Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb, I don't think he said, Lazarus, come forth. Do you? Lazarus, come forth. He spoke with authority and he spoke with power. And I believe when Christ comes again, the archangel will shout with a voice of authority and a voice of power. Verse 17 says, those that are alive will be caught up into the clouds. We will meet together those that have passed in the clouds. We will come together in the clouds. I sang, I, 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 I can't help it sometimes my Pentecostal roots comes out here. And maybe you know this, there's a song that says, Oh, there's going to be a meeting in the air In the sweet, sweet by and by I'm going to meet you, meet you over there In that home beyond the sky Such singing you will hear Ever heard by mortal ear T'will be glorious, I do declare For God's own son will be the meeting One in that meeting in the air if you don't know that, that's a good one for our hope. Those alive. Those that are alive when Christ comes will be caught up in the clouds. Verse 17 goes on and says, We will meet together and all be reunited. All be you reunited. Do you miss your loved ones? Do you miss those ones that have died in the faith? We're going to see him again. I give you hope this morning. We'll see him again. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you can be also. I don't know. There's some days that I just need an escape from this life, don't you? And I look to Scripture. And I look to the day that Jesus will come again for saints. And the older I get, and I'm getting to be an old man. I had a little kid tell me I was an old man. The other day, Wednesday. It took me by surprise. The older I get, the more I long for the coming of my Savior, Jesus Christ. The one that saved me from my sin. That was crucified on a cross. That died, was buried, and three days later... He rose again. He rose again so that he could live in my heart. He can live in me. I don't have to live life any longer. It's Christ who lives in and through me to others. I'm going to be reunited with my godly mother, my godly father, my godly grandmother, brother, my, grand, my, my godly grandfather. I'll be back with those that this was really dear to me. Why is it? It's because the promise that was given to us, the last promise, as Jesus was ascended into heaven. Hey, what are y'all gazing into the heaven for? This same Jesus that is leaving you, he will come again. So get about your business, church. How well are we doing the business of the Lord? Verse 17 then says, We will forever be with the lord there may be no more birthdays in heaven there'll be no more pain in heaven there'll be no more tears no more sorrow for verse 7 says 17 we will be forever with the lord forever is a long time isn't it we shall always be with the lord Comfort one another with these words. Paul says, Well, I want to give you the last verse of <laughs> uh, this 2525. He gets to the year 7510. If God's a coming, he ought to make it by then. Maybe he'll look around himself and say, guess it's time for the judgment day. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel it's time for the judgment day today. But my hope says that I am ready. And my question to us this morning, are we ready when Christ comes again? When I was a little kid, I used to live in in trepidation of the second coming of Christ. I was scared to death. I was afraid I was going to get left out. I remember one year at summer camp, uh, the, the clouds were real weird. You ever seen, you know, you've seen weird clouds and you don't know what they're going to do. And as those clouds were coming over the horizon, there happened to be a full moon that night. And it started to creep out over those clouds. And I was walking in the darkness by myself. I said, oh Lord, I don't know if I'm ready or not. I thought it was about to happen. You know, it's not by the signs that we see around us. But it's by the plan of God that we can expect Christ to come again. And that's our hope, church. We don't need to dread life. Christ has given us life. We don't need to dread the future. I sure don't want to see some things happen in the future that I'm seeing today, but God's still in charge. And that's where my hope is at. And that's who I depend upon to get me through each day. I would ask you this morning, are you ready to meet Christ? We don't know. You know, the disciples thought that Jesus was coming just right around the corner just any day back in those years, 2,000 years ago. He thought, they thought just any day. And in fact, some of them had quit their jobs and laid down and stopped living. And Paul chastised them real quick. and said, hey, you can't do this. This is not what Christ intended. So let us not lay down our tools for service to mankind and to God. BUT LET US MAINTAIN A READINESS TO BE READY WHEN GOD CALLS US HOME. WHETHER IT BE BY PHYSICAL DEATH OR WHETHER IT BE BY HIM DESCENDING IN THE CLOUDS. THERE IS A FIRE STATION IN CALIFORNIA, BELIEVE IT OR NOT, AND IT HAS A VERY OLD An odd claim to fame. It has a light in it that has never gone out since it was put up in 1901. Someone installed, and it's not an LED, someone installed a light bulb in the ceiling of this firehouse. And this light has been burning continuously. Can you imagine that? I get upset when the closet light is left on. I remind my wife, that's going to burn out and then it's going to be dark. But strangely enough, this light bulb has never burned out. When the fire station was moved to a different building in 1978, the light was turned off. Very temporarily. But because it still worked, they took that bulb and they reinstalled it in the new building where it continues to burn even today. Most historians agree that this light is continuously burning in this Livermore fire station. It's the longest Light bulb in history. But I want to tell you this. There is a light that burns longer and stronger and brighter and that overcomes all sake of darkness. And it's the light of Christ that is in each and every one of our lives. And I say, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. Do you remember that verse? I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. God bless you this morning. Jesus is coming again. The last promise Jesus gave us. Let's hold to it just as we hold true to the other promises that he gave us. Gracious Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share the word of God. And we do thank you for all the thousands and thousands of promises that you have given us in your word. This morning you relate to us a truth that says that you are coming again and that we should be ready and we should be burning our light. Lord, if there be someone here this morning that does not know you in a personal way, may the Holy Spirit of God ready their hearts even as they answer to you this day. Thank you for your love and forgiveness and your grace that you did not come to convict the world but that you came to comfort us with your love and grace. Remind us, Lord, your coming is just around the corner. Let us be ready in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand as we sing?
0: Sing this beautiful old song. What a day will be when my Jesus I shall see